Welcome back to the CrossFit Buff Podcast. As always, I'm Jason, not joined by Ollie this week, giving him the week off, and instead, Shax is back on. Shax, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's not for lack of trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, touche. So, um, very quickly, a couple of warm-up questions, seeing as you're, you know, it's always good to warm up, but Shax, I feel maybe you need it a little bit more than than before. If you decided to to pack it all in and pursue the the hunt of a, a notorious I don't I was going to say mythical but I don't mean mythical but a, you know a creature that some may claim doesn't exist are you going to spend your life trying to hunt down the Loch Ness monster or Bigfoot Where where do you come up with these questions <laughs> where, did these, where did these even originate from the Loch Ness monster or um Bigfoot uh Bigfoot that's good Bigfoot yeah, yeah. just cuz you get to go Yet to go to America and well, exactly. I'd go through the woods and be all primal. Yeah, I'd go. Yeah, I'd go Bigfoot. Okay. If you could eliminate one form of social media from existing, God, uh, what would it be? Uh, the irony is, I use all of them, but I hate them all. Instagram. Yeah, easy, easily Instagram. I think that's dangerous. That thing. Yeah. 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 I I I, 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 I won't go into it anymore. But Instagram is dangerous. Just um, yeah, people's health. Just don't think it's good. Okay, let's we'll get we'll, all right. We'll get that done. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you could, mate, if you could just uh, send them a little quick email, it'd be great. So, uh, fi- final question for you then: What is the worst piece of fitness advice you've ever been given? Oh, crying out loud! Um, worst piece of fitness. Oh, that's. <laughs> I wish you could have said this to me before the uh, podcast. I would have put me on the spot because I probably would have been able to think thought something really good. Do you know what? I don't actually know. Uh, worst bit of fitness advice. Can we come back to that? If I think of something like midway through the podcast, I'm sure something's going to pop into my head. But um, okay. maybe maybe that's a good thing that yeah, I've not actually been give, told anything that I perceive to be bad. I guess um, worst bit of fitness advice. I mean, it is that or it's that you just don't listen to what people are telling you. And so yeah, just... yeah, maybe, maybe there's a bit of that as well. Um, I, I know what's going to happen though. We're going to get happy through this podcast and something's just going to pop in my head. And when it does, I'm just going to fire it out, right? I can't wait. <laughs> I'm terrible at these quick fire questions. I remember struggling with these last time. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's part of the warm up, isn't it? No prizes for winning the warm up. No, that's, no, what, I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what they that. say. I have heard that before. So um, I, I, I'll wait. And one of two things is going to happen. I'm either going to creatively edit it back in. Um, <laughs> well, like we did last time. Or, yeah. <laughs> or uh, midway, people will be listening f- for this. And uh, we might have to put a little sting that he does He does think of something, guys. Keep listening. Uh, and that'll, that'll... It could be like a little trick that we're using to keep people listening to the podcast. Just wait, wait for my, my moment. Yeah. Next episode. <laughs> right. So, Shax, last... Well, I was going to say last time you were on, not the last time, the time before that, we had a really great discussion in person. Do you remember when we got to sit together in person and talk? That was yeah, nice. I remember those times. Yeah, they were good days. Uh, and we we spoke about the programming and you had this like huge plan for the different blocks of programming. We're going to be doing this up until here and then we're going to be doing this and uh, you know, abs for the summer, for the beach, because we're all going to be out on the beach. That didn't happen. Uh, and... <laughs> And you kind of had this this whole program set in motion that we started. Then lockdown happened, so that stopped. And the last time you were on the podcast, we talked about 
the lockdown basically and okay so how are you uh, you know how's that affecting the type of programming you're doing you've got to keep in mind that some people have full gym equipment and some people have a very light dumbbell and that's it and some people have nothing and space and so on so now we're back in the box and you're programming once again but obviously i don't think you've just picked up from where you left off on that beautiful pre-lockdown program Uh, there's i'm guessing a number of challenges that you're having to face now with the programming Mm -hmm. Uh, what what would they be kind of off the top of your head what do you think are the biggest challenges at the moment with the the new programming um the thing is that the challenges but there's also been some some good opportunities as well with the lockdown Uh, obviously post lockdown with uh the social distancing measures we've had to put in place of people being in the boxes and having their own kit so actually there's been a lot of positives since we've come back and you know but globally speaking to people, I think people actually quite enjoy having their own kit, their own space. I think it's actually been, um, it's been a real good thing. Uh, the challenges mainly come with a lot of the strength work. So especially like the lower body strength, that's where I've had to be a little bit more creative um, because obviously people can't share bars. We've maybe got, not got enough squat racks for everybody. Um, yeah, being creative in terms of how we're going to get some leg strength in people where it's not just deadlifting off the floor. Because, you know, doing front squats and back squats, it then requires people to actually clean their barbells up put them on their backs so there's a safety issue there as well as well as a max power clean issue for some people um so yes yeah, so, so that's a challenge um even in terms of like doing things like bench presses and stuff like that which we have done in the past where people have shared barbells and they spotted each other you know we couldn't even do things like a floor press really now because you know lying on the floor and then trying to hoik your bar up over your chest and then obviously bring it back down without you know causing yourself an injury again that's a challenge as well but having said that it's not the end of the world. And I'm actually quite glad that we do have those challenges um, because it's allowed people just to actually bring the weights down on a lot of things and actually focus on their technique, their form. We can obviously do things to a tempo, which is equally as hard as just racking up a load of weight. So I'm sure you'd uh, have been enjoying those sort of back rack lunges and split squats that we've been doing. Um, yeah. I- I- enjoying. Is that the right? Yeah. 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 I, suppose, I suppose that's one word people might use. Yeah. suffering is another but yeah and so, so so in that sense it, it's been great and i remember saying it to you on the podcast before is that a lot of these stuff people doing rep ranges of six to eight even sort of 10 to 12 reps at a slow tempo is going to get a hell of a lot of people stronger you know maybe the top one percent are the top you know the elite athletes maybe won't get the strength gains that you know the beginners and intermediates will uh, but from a safety point of view it's, it's so much safer than racking people up with one rep and three rep maxes um in there like how how strong i've said this before how strong do people need to be like we're not trying to turn people into power lifters so i think for a lot of people this is strong enough what we're doing at the minute and i suppose i mean if you if you look at the whole thing of crossfit being functional fitness Mm -hmm. i suppose like being able to carry a load on your back for example like you you know think like a back squat or something like loading up that thing onto your back generally you need to get that onto your back somehow right so when you're saying sort of how strong do you need to be? Well, you need to be strong enough to get it up in the first place and then kind of load it on and carry it and do whatever you've got to do. So it, it's rare that you've got a rack set up where you need to be that you can just go and, oh, I'll just quickly put that on from the rack. So it does make sense sort of in in a functional world that, yes, you want to be able to, to squat this weight. Great. You've got to be able to clean it first. Like that. Yeah. There's a, there is some kind of carry over into daily life. I'd go a layer deeper than that and I'd be like, well, how functional? I'd go, how functional is a back squat? You tell me in 30 odd years, how many times you've back squatted anything outside of the gym? Probably never. So like it has, do you know what I mean? So there is carryover to real life application, but 
it's not a movement that you do outside in real life. I mean, a squat is a, is a resting exercise. You look at people sat around the campfires, eat their dinners, you know, prehistorically, they just sat down in the bottom of some mobility drill. Whereas most people don't even have the ability to sit in the bottom of a squat for longer than probably 10 seconds without falling back. Yet we decide to load this pattern with, you know, a ton of weight and be like, oh, it's a real functional movement. Well, for you, probably not. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, there's another conversation entirely around functionality of exercises. Yeah, but obviously the overhead squat is extremely functional. <laughs> that's what... that's, along with the snatch. Because <laughs> that's a... I know I'm being facetious. I'm, I'm I'm being an idiot, but you you get my you get my point. Yeah, I, I mean I am always hesitant to say it, but I'm definitely in the camp of I really like having my box and having mm-hmm. my little zone and kind of get in, get your box and your your set. And I do like that. And you know you get all your kit kind of close to each other. Yes, it it does eliminate that time that you used to have of oh I've got to walk from my bar <laughs> to the rower and that little slow walk just to get a bit of extra recovery that's been eliminated that's probably a good thing but um but i i, I do like the new setup uh, obviously it's got its challenges uh, and 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 even there i suppose like speaking with ollie we were talking about class size yep. so it, it limits how big the classes can be sure. so obviously if you're on the waiting list that can be a bit frustrating but at the same time if you're in a class that's very beneficial that the coach has only got to pay attention to a certain number of people and it's not just cramming as many people into a room as, as you can so there's, there's positive and negatives across across the board I guess how have you found it then obviously I mean I mean we've always all been at different um, degrees of fitness right like that's that's obvious so within a class you're going to have scales and, and people that are at one end and the other but it's kind of weird that we all had a really long break which is you know quite often you'll get somebody who for whatever reason had to take a a long break and they come back in but the idea of an entire you know basically everybody had this break even if they were training at home kind of you know how how much could they do with what was available how has that influenced the way you've approached the programming or has it um that's a good question i'd say during lockdown or sort of post lockdown i'd say there would be three three camps of people i'd say that in camp one there was people that completely fell off the wagon and didn't do anything um for whatever reason i'd say there's there's the second camp where people kind of maintained where they were at they maybe had some barbells kettlebells or dumbbells at home and they they pretty they're pretty much where they were when they left off and then i'd actually say ironically there were some people that came back after lockdown that were actually fitter and in better shape than when they were at the gym pre-lockdown and I'll go into that as well. Why I think that is in a minute. Um, so I actually don't think the I actually don't think that had as much of an impact on the programming as actually the restrictions. I think the restrictions actually played into our hands because actually, like I said to you a minute ago, it made us program a lot lighter loads. The classes were forty five minutes, so they weren't quite so intense, quite so full on. We're obviously not doing as much in the classes now as we maybe were six seven months ago. So you know, just by by that, the volumes come down. So I think actually easing people back into it has been a lot easier. And for those that were obviously still at a really good fitness level post-lockdown, the workouts that we're putting on, you can still get after those. And you can still make them very tough. But then conversely, the people that are still, still getting into this and maybe haven't done anything for seven, eight months, it's very easy to scale it back and um, you know give people the right stimulus. And you know a lot of it can be done with just body weight. And just, just having, like we said a minute ago, just having access to a rower, and that's your rower for the whole session, 
it makes it a lot easier for me to program workouts. It sounds stupid, but a, a simple workout, like a three rounds of row 500, 12 box jumps, 12 snatches, knowing that I, people can then do rounds on their rower and I don't have to program the rowers where I have to worry about bottlenecks and stuff like that. And like, right, maybe some people do it at the start, some people do it at the end. So yeah, I'd say the restrictions have actually have actually helped massively in terms of integrating people back into the gym because, like I said, it's not so heavy, it's not so intense. So I, I imagine then it's a similar because we with Ollie we were talking about the number of new members, particularly in Bath. I know that the bridge are getting new members, but in, in Bath it seems to have suddenly been like a quite a big influx of, of of new members, which is great. But I imagine then it's a similar story for them because I I guess one of the you know, one of the kind of, I, don't know, I wouldn't say challenges, but I guess when you do the intro course as was, you did have all your kit kind of there because yeah. you know, it was put aside sort of for the intro class. They were small little classes. And then you go into the main the main classes and it's like, right, you need to go and grab a rower over there and go and grab something over here. And oh, you need a bit of the rig. And I guess that can be quite, um, I don't want to say overwhelming, but you're kind of <laughs> your first few sessions and you're like, oh, where yeah. do I, you know. I uh, it's cool, right? Yeah, and so I suppose for them, it's it's got to be nice. Again, it's all the same things for those that are coming post-lockdown that it's easing them back in, but now it's sort of easing you into this new thing. And, yeah. well, there's your little bit of kit. It's all there in that box for you. And it's, you know, the weights are not going to be so heavy because, mm-hmm. as you've said, the limitations with the rack and things like that. So I, I guess it's never been a better time to start CrossFit than now. There we no. go. Let's, let's put that up. <laughs> No, 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 it's, it's a great little segue. And I, I think that's why there has been such a surge in member, memberships because I think people actually realising, I think we're doing a better job of making it clear that this is not just for elite people. And we said this before, as everyone used to think you need to get fit to join CrossFit. It's the biggest misconception going. And uh, yeah, I think when people actually speak to members that are already at our place through friends or family, I think they then realise actually this is just everyday people just wanting to just get generally fit and healthy they'll be able to run around the park look after their kids and the people that really want to go there and push their fitness they can but they're in the minority i'd say i think everyone else is in this for for longevity uh, i mean look 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 who you're talking to shacks <laughs> <laughs> if there's a tip of the spear i am so far from that i can't even see the tip of the spear <laughs> so you um you, you did just hint a minute ago about people that have come back from lockdown sort of fitter than before yep. uh, and you have a theory about this you, yep. I, I mean this is literally your words yeah. of a few seconds ago you're looking at yeah. me like <laughs> what are you I, I didn't know if you were going to carry on um well, yeah, no, i'd so, like to hear the theory that's yeah so, so, so this is completely subjective i've got no science to back this up and it's just from having conversations with people well i think what people started to actually prioritize alongside their training was actually doing a lot of like long slow duration work whether it be like like jogs or going for walks and i think ironically a lot more people were a lot more active during lockdown so people would maybe you know let's say pre-lockdown they'd come to the gym three hours a week they would say they're very active but then they have a real sedentary desk job so you've got three hours out of what's that 160 odd hours a week i don't know what it is and they're like yeah i'm a very active person but actually you're not Whereas I think as soon as lockdown happened, people would do, if they had the luxury of having a garage gym or dumbbells, they might do a 45 minute workout at lunchtime and they might go for, because there was nothing else to do, they might have gone for a long walk or a slow jog in the evening and they actually might have upped their exercise intent, or exercise volume by double, maybe six to eight hours a week, but they were doing maybe three to five hours a week. That was a lot less intense. 
And I think in terms of burning body fat and improving sleep, improving recovery, that's got massive, massive effects on that. And from what I've seen just locally, you know, from some of my mates, some people that come back to the gym, they've come back and I'm like, well, they're actually in really, really good shape post lockdown. And then when you have conversations with them, you find out what they were doing. They were doing a lot of that. That's why I think a lot of people come back actually and they prioritize that, let's say that LSD, that long, slow distance, just that zone one, well, sort of zone two, zone three, fat burning zone, which you're probably a bit more familiar with now, um, which has great effects and complements all the high intensity work we do at CrossFit. So that's, there's my little theory. Well, now you need just to make an Instagram post about that. There you go. I mean, you yeah. said, as you said, no science to back it up. That's pretty much most Instagram posts. So there you go. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Remember when we said we're getting rid of Instagram and make it so back on another platform? Yeah. Oh, Twitter. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Even. not sure my mind's about more. I need to get a hold of them, to be fair. They're not good for me either. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because we talked about. Um, people coming back in and this is something that's talked about quite a lot with a few different people sort of like you're going to have all these new like post lockdown pbs kind of thing and it'll be like this is you know you've come back and, and now you've hit a new pb and this is the best you've done since lockdown uh, and so that's what my sort of you know that, that was really nice to kind of have that mentality of yeah maybe you've lost some pull-ups or you've lost this or you've lost that and you've come back in and and you know it's very quickly you're going to hit like this is my new post covid you know pb great but actually i've found that i'm doing better now than i was before before the lockdown happened why do you, why do you think that is then it see i know for some things why it is uh but there are i i i have theories as well on, with, no, with no with no science to back them up um i think so i've i think i've pb'd all my olympic lifts since we've come okay. back and I think that is, I I guess, again, because I had more time uh, and I had conversations with Olympic lifting coaches and people like that. And, and I, I just think that I finally understood all the cues um, that I've been told this, like the same cues all this time. But mm-hmm. I've kind of now started to understand what they mean when they say this or what they mean when they say to kind of, you know, it's like get tight here. And I think oh, I am tight, but oh, no, I'm not. You know, I'm tight in this part, but I haven't. You know, there's other bits that aren't engaged and things like that and keeping it close. Uh, so I, I think that on the one side is just once I've understood the cues better. Mm-hmm. Now, when I hear them at the gym then it's like, all right, that's that's what I need it. to do, uh, because obviously we've lost that tactile feedback. You yeah. know, they can't it's just come huge. over and huge. adjust you. Uh, so I, I, it might be that um, it might it might be that I've started to actually do some accessory work at home in in the form of like mobility work <laughs> and things like that so apparently what i've discovered this will shock you Shax, is apparently if you do actually work on some of your weaknesses when you're at home there is a a carryover to the gym apparently yeah, <laughs> yeah i know i know i was i i was as as dubious as you are but apparently <laughs> never do your weaknesses mate always do stuff you enjoy that's what i've learned so I've I've been been trying to like work on my mobility a bit and and potentially that's helped, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, running is um is is obviously now a part of my life. Still don't enjoy it, but but I think that's so I think that's helped for certain things. So uh, like double unders, you know, we, we've we've mentioned him off pod about that we're we're doing quite a lot of double unders now, uh, mm-hmm. and I you know I had double unders before um, lockdown. But I can 
get higher numbers of unbroken double unders now. And I don't think it's anything to do with the technique or, or, or anything like that. I think it's just because I've been running more that I'm not as out of breath when I'm doing double unders and I'm not kind of tripping on the, on the rope just because I'm too tired. Well, that, that would feed into your technique because you aren't so fatigued. You can kind of hold that, hold yeah. those positions better. So yeah, I, I'd definitely say running is going to have a carry over that. And even just the, the foot contact just being a bit more springy. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say it's definitely a carry over from running to double unders for sure. Yeah. In terms of capacity um, aspect. But I suppose ultimately um, it's probably because I've got this competition going with Jake. and uh... <laughs> Which we mentioned off air. And, um, you know, he... He he goes to he goes what five o'clock? It's part of the yep. fi- the the so called five PM elite. <laughs> yeah, they're so, a tight group, that five PM crew at the bridge. They are tight. Yeah, so he goes at five, so I get to see what he's done before I go at eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then I know what numbers I need to to go past. And um and that's probably that's probably ultimately what's pushing me. What's so did you have on. a barbell at home? Did you have the bar that you're practicing with at lockdown? Uh so I had a barbell that I was using for the first period of lockdown right. and then we moved house and I don't have anywhere to put it. So right. uh, actually, yeah, lo- like lockdown was a fun experience because the, f- when it started, I was every day on the zoom workouts. I mm-hmm. was really going for it. And then when we started moving house, there were like two, three months. It just <laughs> nothing yeah. so, basically. So I guess my, my, my next question of that would be, and you'll see where this is going in a second. Did you do a lot of Olympic lifting at lighter loads at the start? I'd love to say I did, but I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. I'm going to talk you saying your Olympic lifts about. I'm in my head. I'm trying to fathom how they've suddenly got a lot better. You said you worked on your mobility, um, some accessory work. But I was thinking actually, if you were doing a lot of technique work with a barbell, or 25, 30 kilos, that would also have a huge carryover. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a little bit again at the beginning, but then from when we moved so we basically it was a period very good moving house everything stopped and then uh, the outside the box classes opened up so mm-hmm. i was literally training once a week and yeah. and doing those uh and then from when it when when bath reopened three four times a week that's the yeah. i don't know maybe it's just the 8 p.m crew spurring me on maybe, you know? maybe, maybe. it's that but it's uh, uh, from experience i would definitely say that 90% of people, the reason their their Olympic lifts don't go up is not because of lack of strength. They're normally way strong enough to actually lift way heavier than what they are lifting. It's normally mobility or um, a technique issue. So, you know, there's kind of an old formula that people would use that your max snatch should be about 63% of your back squat. So I've got a calculator here. So what's your max back squat? Oh, you're asking me. Go on, r- roughly. Give, give, me, give me rough numbers. I have no idea. Hold on. Where's I don't even know where my phone is. Let me see. Oh, come on, this is a rough number. It doesn't need to be exact. I, I literally got it in Trowbridge. You should know. I was there. You were there. It, it's what? Oh, half, yeah, of, it's half of whatever mock it got. <laughs> That's... Oh, I know. He's a joke, isn't he? Uh, one... Is it like one, 130, maybe? Like, I should right? say one, 130 times 63. 60%. So in theory, your max snatch should be 81 kilos based off of that. Right. So that gives you an idea that it's probably not your, this is what I'm trying to say. It's not your strength. That's probably the issue. Like I said, it's probably a technique, uh, could be even a, a motor control issue, a, a stability, a mobility issue. So when people obviously, you know, we've gone off on a tangent here, when you're practicing the Olympic lifts, most times if people actually work in around lesser percentages and actually ingrained a better technique, 
rather than using the Olympic lifts to get stronger. Obviously, there'll become a point where, you know, your strength and your um, Olympic lifts match up in terms of what it should be as a percentage. And then you obviously need to be working at sort of 90, 95%. But for most, hanging in around sort of 60, 70% loads and ingraining that technique and trying to do it so well, you don't know how to do it wrong because you've got the strength there. It's actually, like I said, a technique or a mobility issue is the reason why you can't snatch 81 kilos. But, right, well, now we've but, got numbers, numbers numbers to chase. Oh, dear. Exactly, yeah. 81K based off... It's all, all the easiest thing to do is just bring your back squat down and then it all matches up. I have no <laughs> doubt that my back squat has gone down dramatically. Yeah, just, yeah. Just in worst case, I just get weaker, and then everything's fine. Everything else will go up. That's, <laughs> that's the way I live my life. So to be honest, that that actually works out pretty well. So getting back onto track, yeah, we're, like, we're right down a rabbit hole, then, we? What's the the new plan? I guess is the question I had. So we we talked about this super plan you'd had in the past. Yeah. What What's the new plan now? Um, so yeah, I mean the new new plan definitely isn't as super as the last one. Um, it's more of like a, I guess we're still in that kind of back to play phase where we just kind of integrate people back into the gym. Like you alluded to earlier, we've got lots of new members coming in. So we're not as periodized as we were in terms of like moving through different progressions over you know, three, four, five months. Uh, in terms of the themes, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about having that kind of cardio type day in there, which alternates between the Monday and the Tuesday. Uh, in terms of the format, the format of that is just trying to accumulate anywhere between 25 and 35 minutes of work, just in varying formats, um, whether it be continuous work, interval styles, and almost just trying to educate people on going slow on those days is actually far more beneficial, especially if you've come off the back of, especially if that day's on a Tuesday and you come off the back of quite an intense Monday session. As you know, the Monday sessions can be like, you know, the lunges or the heavy front squats, followed by quite a, quite a challenging, high intense workout. So, you know, that's kind of almost like a high-low method there. So if we had the strength day on the Monday, then obviously the easier day would be on the Tuesday. Some people still like to go about absolutely balls to the wall, and that's fine. But I guess it's just an education from us. Um, and then the Olympic lifting day is just in there, playing around between sort of clean and jerk, snatch. Yeah, and then obviously on the, on the Thursday, we have that sort of... Uh, the, so the upper body strength work is hard to progress at the minute because not having access to a barbell, we can't really do a lots of so the bench press and even restrictions with like the pull-up bar. We're doing strict chin-ups and weighted chin-ups. We've kind of got to be a bit creative of how I kind of um, integrate those into the workouts. But basically on that Thursday day, that's just the day where we try and do some upper body accessory work, which has huge benefits. So it's a lot more higher reps, maybe not quite as low. Um, so it's more for kind of tendon strength as well and just stability, stability around the shoulders. And then Friday, there is... There is real no structure with those. It's just I try and find a, a really cool benchmark workout. I'll look around, look for inspiration from other websites, I look at CrossFit.com. And then anything I find that kind of works in the, works in with the rest of the week, I kind of put in there. So, yeah, that Metcon day, that Friday, the one that's you know, the opposite one to the Thursday, is, uh, yeah, it's just a little bit of fun. It's just a chance to get a bit of sweat on with your buddies, really. So obviously, I mean, in terms of like, we have like little micro waves. So we're going through like a little three week wave now of the, of the lunges. So we did split squats, then we did reverse lunges. Then we'll do reverse lunges with your front foot on a plate next week. So as you probably noticed, we do little three week waves on the strength. We maybe have like a three week deadlift wave, three week front squat wave. I find three weeks is a, is a good amount of time to get people, especially beginners. I guess, I guess if you're going to ask me if I could start that whole question again. I said the main thing, 
because I'm just thinking about it more now. I guess I try and make sure that a lot of movement patterns are repeated for at least three weeks, because especially if you're new, if you know you don't see a front squat, you see it on week one and you don't see it again until week eight, you haven't really had a chance to practice it. And people get a lot stronger by actually practicing movements and actually figuring out, mainly due to motor control. So I like to give people lots of constant touches on exercises. And after sort of about three or four weeks, you tend to kind of adapt to that. And then I look at switching things up again and maybe moving to a deadlift, work on that for three or four weeks. And they all carry over to each other. You know, improving your front sport will help your deadlift and vice versa. Um, but yeah, I think three, three, four weeks is normally a good amount of time to actually practice these exercises. And as soon as you start adapting, you know, and maybe start getting a bit bored mentally of it, you can then switch it up and keep it fresh. So how I'm trying to think back now, sort of how long the waves lasted pre lockdown so if we were doing like a a back squat for example mm-hmm. uh it was usually what four weeks or yeah. was it always about three weeks no we, we've we've done cycles for four to eight weeks previously yeah, yeah we, we have done some longer cycles and some things as well um yeah it, it, it's a difficult one that because some people really enjoy knowing every monday they're coming in and back squatting some people hate it and i mean just using back squat as an example so you know as we've alluded to before trying to keep everyone stimulated mentally and physically across two gyms with one program has always been a challenge and always will be. Um, but I think, I think we're pitching it about right at the minute in terms of making sure that the top guys and girls can really get after it. And it's also not too challenging for the, for the people who are just walking in off the street. Yeah, I, I think as well, I mean, again, it's, as you say, it's hard to program for like this vast array of people, but it's also hard to kind of speak on behalf of a, <laughs> an enormous number of people as well. But I think a lot of people are just happy to be back in the gym, right? So it's just the idea of, okay, I'm finally back in. I can play with a barbell again. And you almost want that variety because it's been so long. You're like, oh, when was the last time I did a back squat? Oh, when was the last time I did a front squat? Oh, when was the last time I did a deadlift? So it's, as you said someone might really like eight weeks focusing on 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 a we'll say deadlift instead of squat just to change it yeah. up <laughs> more functional movement maybe <laughs> <laughs> no we'll go, we'll go deadlift functional i'll go with that <laughs> so uh so you know someone might love that and be like oh eight weeks just eight weeks of of improving my deadlift brilliant but there are going to be people that are like yeah okay deadlifting is great but you know, I haven't done this for ages and I haven't done that for ages. And I, I, so I think maybe these shorter sort of, you know, that it's going to be a couple of weeks and you're going to get to play with another movement or do something else sure. because we're all, we're all pretty rusty across the board with, mm-hmm. with, with most movements, I suppose. Do, do you know what though, Jace? I think, you know, I, I'm just thinking for myself, like you'll see what I'll get back around to in a second. I remember when lockdown finished and I started playing golf again, we, we were, had to go up to the golf club. We had to literally play nine holes or 18 holes and we had to leave straight away. We weren't allowed to go to the bar. We weren't allowed to obviously, you know, none of it was open. And I'll drive home straight after walking off the 18th hole. Like something is missing. I was like, it was great that I went and played golf, but something is missing from that experience. And the more I thought about it, like you, the golf is maybe 60% of it. And actually being with everyone in the bar, watching the footy, having a beer was the other 40% and it was huge. And I think that's similar to people when they've come back to the gym the exercise the dumbbells the reps the barbells that's maybe the golf and actually just being with other people interacting with other human beings not through a zoom call having that connection yeah right you're socially distanced i think that is huge for people and i genuinely think that's one of the main reasons why there's been such an uptake in membership is because people just want to be around other people for the minute because we are in such a disconnected society right now 
and the gym, you know, alongside the pubs and whatnot, is the one place we can get healthy and be around other human beings. And I think that's be, I think that's been huge for people. And I think, I mean, personally, when you when you look at the options that you have, so you've mentioned like the pubs, restaurants, the gym. Yeah. Uh, if if I had to kind of pick the one that I feel is the the safest, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, where do I feel the most comfortable? definitely going into the gym where I've got my little box and I'm like, yeah, I'm with everyone, but I'm still, you know, I, we've, we've spoken about this with, with Ollie a lot about the, you know, the guidelines and it being, you know, if people were a bit apprehensive about coming back in, come and have a look, see how it's set up because actually it is kind of, I say as safe as it can be, I guess is the, the yeah. terminology we'd use maybe. I don't know. Um, as opposed to maybe you know a, a restaurant where you've got different people handling your food, moving your things around, bringing it out to you, I would say arguably the gym is a lot, a lot more COVID secure. I guess is the terminology. Um, so it is a great opportunity to, as you said, be be there and talk to people. And and with Ollie, we were talking about like you know especially at 8 p.m we always had the new members because they used to do the intro class at that time, and they quite often they would join. It was kind of like, well, how is it going to be now because we can't just chat with them like we used to or you know go for a run and pair up on your way back in and you're paired up with one of the new members but actually it's been you know if if anything I think it's brought more of the class into the conversations because now you are shouting across the room almost to so everybody's still saying the same things they would have said but they're doing it at a distance and then people are kind of just being brought in by by default because they're yeah. standing between two people that are talking. I, I'd agree with that. And I'd, I'd say actually the, the booking system that we spoke about, I can't remember if we spoke about off air or not, is that because some people can't maybe get into the class they want to get into, they're being forced to maybe go an hour later or an hour earlier. So kind of going out of their little friendship bubble that they'd normally go in. And actually I think people are actually mingling more with other members, ironically, given that they're in their own little box because they're not just in their little group and in their little, you know, park off in the corner. We'll have our barbells over here. So I think it's done actually a really good job of that is actually making sure people, you know, actually interact with others. I mean, yeah, it's not been, you know, we used to do some fun warm ups and stuff where you'd maybe be with a partner doing loads of crawls or sharing a band and doing stuff. So it's taken that aspect away from it. But I think in the grand scheme of things, like I said to you a minute ago, I think the, the restrictions that COVID's allowed us to do things that we were always reluctant to do before booking systems and stuff like that. Like all our members had it so good for so many years where they could just turn up when they wanted we were like never turned anyone away. Lots of CrossFit gyms operated a booking system. And we would always speak back at house, been like, oh, should we implement it? Should we do it? And like, oh God, no, it'd be carnage, it'd be anarchy. But but now we've had no choice. We've had to do it and it's worked and it's been great. So in this kind of crisis, we've had this, you know, an opportunity to do it. And you know, we've ran with it. And I think, you know, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think it's been a it's been a bit of you know huge success actually. I, th- I think as well, people have said, you know, there are things like because as you said, oh, I can I can just turn up, or alternatively, I can just not turn up, and exactly. nobody knows <laughs> that I, yeah. you know, nobody knows that I had the intention to go on Tuesday, but then I didn't bother. Mm-hmm. They they just didn't see me there. Whereas even if you kind of book in and and then don't go, uh, like you know, you but you've booked in and something's come up and you cancelled, people will have seen you've you'd booked, so you'll get kind of asked, hey. We saw your yeah, name on the list. Yeah, we saw you withdraw. What, what happened there? Did you see the workout? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and... That happens a lot, mine. That still happens a lot. So, um, so I, I think people feel more, more accountable, 
Uh, I even overheard somebody saying they sign in in the morning. Good, yeah. To force them to turn, like, oh, I've already signed in, so I, I can't even counsel. Like, I've got to, I've got to go now. Um, yeah. I, I sign in as I start my run to the gym. <laughs> well, you know you're turning up then. Well, I know I'm turning up, and I also, you know, worry that if something happens and I don't make it there in time, they know that I've. <laughs> <laughs> you're lost on route somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I, I definitely say that accountability accountability is huge for people. Um, you know, just for the reasons you've alluded to a minute ago. And I remember actually, you know, you you, you were saying to me earlier, like, oh, what in that question? What's the worst bit of fitness advice you've ever heard? But to flip it, like some of the best fitness advice I've ever heard is from a coach called Dan John. And always, and I, it's always stuck in my head. He's like, people ask me all the time, what is the best training program to go on? And he says three by fifty two. I'm like, what the hell is three by fifty two? And he says. Turn up to the gym three times a week, 52 weeks a year. Good stuff will happen. He's like, it doesn't matter what you're doing now, what you're following. Just follow something three times a week and all the results that you want, you'll probably get them. And I think that's that's probably the, if you were to simplify training, the people that get the best results are the ones that constantly show up. You know, I think a guy called Mark Thomas has literally just put in our, the bridge tribe about, you know, how much weight he's lost since post-lockdown. I think he's said he's, he's missed one workout. And he, I think he does like some light running or biking at the weekends. And that, that's, you know, it's not that he trains like super intense. He just literally comes in, shows up day to day, does his 45 minutes and goes. And that's where if you want to get, you know, lasting results, that consistency is huge. Trumps, trumps everything. Yeah, I, I definitely, I'm definitely on board with that. Um, I think, so, so apart from like I've alluded to now, after what, more than three years of CrossFit, I've started doing a bit of mobility at home and mm-hmm. a run at the weekend. Uh, and that is like the level of extra that I do. Um, yeah. And and I was, yeah, I'd, I'd maybe practice a few double unders before the workout started or, you know, hang around for five minutes after the class and, and try mm-hmm. and do something. But I was never like, oh, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, I would just turn up whatever the programming is. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Do it that way. And I did that for like three years. Um, and I, I used to train at half 10 and then I shifted to the 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And when I turned up at a, like a half 10 class, not that long ago, somebody saw me and they were like, you look completely different from, you know, three years ago kind of thing. And obviously you don't notice that because you're making these like incremental progressions Definitely. over a long period of time. But when you then work out with somebody who you used to train with a long time ago and they haven't seen you for a couple of years, uh, you realize that, yeah, it is just following the programming and just doing it consistently and you will you will see results i was saying to ollie last week like with the running i've never actively trained to run i've just we've had running in workouts that's when i've run uh, but when i was like okay i'm going to start doing a 5k every every saturday that started with me running a 5k it wasn't mm-hmm. like oh i'll you know i'll run walk run walk or i'll yeah. do this or do. it was just okay how far is that right programmed in go um, yeah. And it is just a result from that consistently just going there, doing the work. And, and that is, I, I I think, my theory, here you go, mm-hmm. another theory with no evidence. Theories are good. My, my theory is because we train with people and in every class you're going to have someone who is exceptional. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter kind of which time of the day you go. There's always one or two that are, are really good. You measure yourself 
even subconsciously against that person. So you think, oh, I'm not that fit. I'm, I'm all right, but look at, you know, I can't lift what he can lift or I can't row as fast as he can. And actually across the board, there'll probably be different people that are skilled. So you'll be like, oh, I can't run as fast as him and I can't lift as good as he can and I can't do this. And the people we don't compare ourselves to are the people that don't go to CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And actually, or, or yourself. Yeah. And actually, if you looked at like general, the general public, you'd probably feel that actually you are, are really fit yep. in comparison. Um, so, and as you said, yourself, yes, like obviously, uh, that, that's the where you were. And, and, and I, and I say this, and I, we know we joked about the whole Instagram thing at the start. And I feel like that's the culture we're now ingrained in is we're in, we're compact. Everything we do is we're being comparing ourselves to others. And there's always going to be someone who's got a better car, bigger house, better wife, better husband, whatever it might be. Well, that's what it appears to be on Instagram. And I think that's where a lot of the issues come. And we always make a running joke, you know, when I coach at the bridge and I'll say, right, what was everyone doing last week? What were you back squatting? And they're like, I don't know. And like, we kind of make a bit of a joke about it. They're not recording it. But it's so, so important to actually sometimes reflect. I think I said this on a podcast before, but actually looking back maybe six months, whether it be through before photos where you're taking the photos just when you're in your boxer shorts, or whatever, and you look at your body composition or you're looking at some of the lifts you lift, you know, some of the squat numbers or, you know, how many push-ups you could do 12 months ago and actually being like, oh my God, this is where I am now and this is where I was. And I think everyone is so busy looking forward to where they want to be and who they want to compare themselves to. They kind of have this, um, yeah, this feeling of, of inferiority and actually they didn't look at how far they've come and, uh, and actually reflect on that. And that's huge. Honestly, it's, it's so big. Because, yeah, like I said, there'll always be someone who's fitter and faster than you, always. And if you compare yourself to that, you're, you're destined to fail. I think that's another, you know, talking of another, like, positive that's come out of the new system and, and the, you know, the post-lockdown gym. Uh, using Wattify and you being able to just input that mm-hmm. information. And because you have to, you know, cause, yeah, as you said, everyone, could, you might go and do your back squat, write down your numbers. But then if you don't have that book with you, and you, you, know, you ask them, well, what did you back squat last week? Oh, I can't quite remember. Hold on, where's my book? Oh, it's somewhere. Yeah. But because you kind of, well, I need Wattify there because I've got to sign into the class. I've got yeah. to do that. You can pull up those numbers. Uh, yeah. And actually, and it stores them all, you know, in, in a nice, easy way to, you know, even like flicking through pages, trying to find that the last time you did that movement and, and how Just much that. did you do? So, you know, you can go in, you can search the different movements, find what you're looking for. And I think that's going to, you know, obviously at the moment, especially in Bath that we've only just started using, Wattify, mm-hmm. um, you, you've got very limited numbers that you can find. So you've not got this great historical <laughs> catalog yep. of your lifts. But over time, obviously, those you know that those records will will be there, uh, and that is a useful tool to be able to to look back and find you know the numbers of well, how much did I lift last time? Oh, actually, I've I've done a lot better six months later than than when I did. Are, are we going to see like on that? trend then of comparing yourself to yourself uh are are we going to start seeing workouts reappearing soon that we will have done yeah kind of first back has has that already happened and i've just we've done that several times i'd I'd say that at least bi-weekly i'll try and put in a workout that we've done previously obviously when do we start back up the end of july so just say start of august so you can't it's not it doesn't make much sense to repeat workouts within sort of three weeks of doing them so i like, like to leave it at least six to eight weeks so now we're kind of past that stage that six to eight week stage when i said to you earlier about some of the metcons that we do on the friday 
or the Thursday, depending which day they are. I'll actually look back at some of the logs that we've done from back in July and June, or sorry, July and August, and um, even September. And now I'll start bringing them back in and be like, right, that's a perfect one to repeat. So I think the one, giving you a heads up here, what are we now, Thursday? So tomorrow's a repeat. So tomorrow's a Metcon repeat from July, I think it is. So um, yeah, I, I think that's so important because I think when you when you actually look back and you're like, oh my God, I was a minute quicker or I used five kilos heavier, kind of just gives you that boost that you are improving and you are making steps forward. So uh, yeah, I think it's important that. Now, finally, speaking of repeating, because th- yeah. this is something I've got to ask about, what is with all these uh, like 2017 games workouts or <laughs> 2018 open uh, workouts that I, that I keep seeing crop up in the programming? What is going yeah, on here? That's, that's main site. <laughs> I, I find myself on main site every day and I'll be scrolling through it and be like, oh my God, that works perfectly with what I want. So in my head, I've got an idea of like movement patterns that I want and I maybe just haven't structured it as well in my head. And I'll see it on main site, I'm like, perfect, in that slides. That fits just, just in with what we want. And maybe I wouldn't have programmed something quite as brutal, but I'm like, well, that's a main site workout. So if anyone's got any, anything to say about it, then <laughs> go speak to Castro or whoever's doing the programming. <laughs> it's yeah. going to work. I hand over responsibility when I do a main site workout. That is true. I think I complained about one of them to Ollie. I was like, oh, and he said, well, you can't blame Shaxx for this one because it's uh, yeah. an overwork. I was like, oh, that's true. Said, he did pick <laughs> it and put it in, so... I feel I can partially blame him, but is, is that I would be the thrust the double under one by any chance would it? Yeah, <laughs> yes, it absolutely would be that one. The, the ten rounds of seven, ten thrusters or seven thrusters? No, nine thrusters, nine thrusters, thirty-five double unders. But had we not just done like a a max like heavy thruster or something before? Oh, that, no, as well? that, that was a primer. That, that yeah, was a, that was a little primer. Just just get the juices flowing. That was Jace. Yeah, well, <laughs> it worked. Yeah. There is a an open workout that I spoke about with Ollie last week uh, from, I think, the very first open that right. was the box jumps and press-ups. Oh, it's deadlifts. Uh, I'll be able to tell you what it is. 15-minute AMRAP, uh, 12 deadlifts, no, 12 box jumps, 9 deadlifts, 7 press-ups. Oh, no, what is it? Do you know off the top of your head? No, I don't. I, it's, def- it's, it's those three movements, though. You're absolutely 15, correct. 15, 15 box jumps, 12 deadlifts, 9 push-ups, I think. 9 hand release, maybe? I'm actually going to dig that out in a minute off the back of this call. Yeah. Because I, so, I remember when Dra- Dragon came down to CrossFit Bath when we were in Wonsdike and we had like a big showdown with Dragon CrossFit. So like a whole day doing that workout. It was class, actually. Yeah, that's so, fun. That so that that is the one repeated workout I, I'm looking forward to seeing show up. Um, but That was actually 11.2. In fact, I've got my phone on me now. I'll keep talking, but I'm going <laughs> to find it now. <laughs> CrossFit Games, 11.2. Oh, there, there you go. That could be the worst fitness advice you ever had is just being told to keep repeating that workout because you'll get a better score. <laughs> I'll I tell you what, mate, that that first week of Olibad about this, that first week of eleven, um, the 2011 games, it was the 35 double unders, 10 power snatch or 15 power snatch workout. We've done it in the class before and we were just so stupid. I think we had Thursday to Monday to do it. I think me and Ollie did it three, maybe four times. I think we might have done it every day. And then they messed, there's a, a website issue where people couldn't input their scores. So then they extended it for another week. So they gave you another week to do it. And I reckon over the 13, 14 days, me and Ollie must have done it eight or nine times. And all I remember is just having our shins in buckets of ice. <laughs> our shins and our calves were just absolutely written off. So, um, yeah, never again. Yeah. So there you go. Whoever it was that kept suggesting to redo it, I you could say that is the worst fitness advice you've ever received. There you go. Right, yeah, yeah. You can see I've got the workout here. I'm screenshotting it, ready for uh, ready for next week. 
15 minute AMRAP, nine deadlifts, 12 press ups, 15 box jumps. So, so where would that slot in next week? Is that going to be Thursday? Uh, don't know yet. I want to do the programming and I look at the week as a whole. Yeah, don't don't put it on Friday because that's my my rest day. But um, it won't be. It definitely won't be Friday. Definitely. All right then. Yeah, that's going to be in there next week. Anyone who complains about it, they can listen to this and they can blame you. This it will be revealing to see who (laughs) (laughs) who listens. Brilliant. Well, that's been. uh, I mean. Where do we go from there? That is that is the end of all ends of a podcast, I think, right there. Me clearly influencing the programming. Yeah, perfect. To, to, to benefit the few movements I'm pretty good at. <laughs> so that's... I, knew, I knew there was an agenda of why you wanted to go on in. Well, when um, you, yeah, it, it's all been for this. We're almost yeah. 50 episodes in, and to be honest, the whole thing has been so <laughs> that I could get this one workout put in. Although I will say, do you know what the most frustrating thing is? We've been on this call for however long, 45 minutes, and I still haven't thought of my worst fitness advice. I still, I still don't know what that is. I honestly don't know. I, I'm going to have to, um, off the back of this, I'm actually going to give that some serious thought today. And um, yeah, I have to message you, and you can just slot it in after. Yeah. I'll do my best Shaq's impression. Pretend that I'm you. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you so much, Shaq. So I'm sure I didn't ask all the questions that people wanted asked, but anyway, oh, there, there was some there's some good stuff in there. They can, they can well, be happy just, with give, that. just give an excuse for you to help me for another month to try and get me back on. Yeah, a month. <laughs> try, try, try two or three. Oh, come on, that's unfair. <laughs> I'm not good at this stuff, mate. Am I? Just... But, uh, Everybody uh, loves it when you get on, though. No, that's the problem. Do. You're your fan favorite. Yeah, all right, Grace, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, thank you so much, Shax, and thank you, everybody, for, for listening. Hopefully, we've we've enlightened you in some way to the programming, and uh, I hope everybody enjoys box jumps and deadlifts and, and press-ups. Cause, um, yeah, see you next week. Yeah, so uh, when you're doing that, think of me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Thanks a lot, Shax. Cheers, mate. Bye.